What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, Philly, to your favorite sports show. Hosted by Jesse Town and Sam Wilson. They're smart, they're sexy, and they're all fit. So thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome into episode 114 of Babes on Broad. I'm Sam Stafford with my co-host Jesse Taylor and we are the Babes on Broad brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. And Jess, once again, a terrible, terrible loss for the Philadelphia Eagles. And this one's even worse because it comes against one of our most hated rivals, the Dallas Cowboys. Um, It's fun fact, um, their first back-to-back loss since 2021. Wow. And I didn't fact check to see what those games were in that sense, but I'm assuming it was probably before Jalen got there, right? Because he's never had back-to-back losses. Well, because I was going to say, it, no, he has. They started one and five. Nick Sirianni's uh, Okay. So J- I guess it's Jalen Hurts hasn't had yeah. back-to-back losses because the Eagles lost back-to-back games last year, but Gardner Minshew was the starter Yeah, in those games. So I guess yes. Jalen Hurts hasn't lost back-to-back games since 2021, which makes sense. That checks out because, yeah, they started nine and ten and zero last year, lost to the Commanders, and then didn't lose again until. Well, Jalen Hurts didn't lose again until the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So they because they lost to Dallas on Christmas Eve, and then they lost to the Saints the following week. But again, Gardner Minshew was the yeah. Yeah, so it's not Eagles, it's Jalen Hurts. Yeah, but and that makes sense. It'll be that interesting to see how he uh, how he handles that. Then it. So looking at that game, Jess, there was just it wasn't even like the Dallas Cowboys beat us. It just made it so much worse that they ended up on the other side of the ball because Philly just absolutely looked terrible. Like they couldn't do anything right to even just try to compete. Yeah, this and one the of the plays. The Cowboys didn't make mistakes, and the Eagles did. Yeah, and and I think the difference between I mean they've gotten their asses kicked the last two weeks, right? Like it's not even like these were close games that they lost. They absolutely got obliterated in both. And I think the difference, obviously, it's the Cowboys, so it's annoying. It just sucks, and it's so exactly. Annoying. But 
I think the other difference is, and like you and I talked about it after the 49ers game, like they just played like garbage. Like they played like yeah. absolute garbage on both sides of the ball. Everyone looked terrible. Coaching staff all the way down to player. Like everybody just looked terrible. And if they were able to just, again, play their game and minimize mistakes, it would have been fine. But they, I think the more frustrating part of this game was I personally thought Jalen Hurts bounced back, bounced back really nicely from how terrible he played against the 49ers. The problem was, obviously, the fumble can't happen. The fumble. Yeah, in the very beginning happen. of the game. Period, period, period. Fumble can't happen. But, again, like, there were plays out there that they were not making, and it wasn't just like they were going three and out, three and out, three and out, and they looked terrible. It's like they drive all the way down the field, then they have back-to-back false starts on the offense. And mm-hmm. end up having to, you know, settle for a field goal. Or was that when Jalen turned the ball over? I don't remember which one. Jalen turned over the ball after one of them. Right. And then you, same thing. You go, oh, so that's what it was. So it was all the way down, fumble. Then you go all the way down again, false start, false start. Then you have fumble. to settle for a field goal. Right. Like, it's, it's, they're doing these things. And then you get into, you know, then A.J. Brown fumbles inside the 35. Devontae Smith fumbles inside the 35. A.J. Brown drops two or three passes that hit him in the hands that he, for the amount of money Mm -hmm. that he's making, should be able to catch that ball. For the caliber of receiver that we expect you to be, that you expect yourself to be, catch that ball. Devontae Smith, same thing. We know that Devontae is way more sure-handed than some of the drops that he had on Sunday. So it's frustrating that penalties – and turnovers and drops and things like that. Like, it wasn't just they played like trash. It was you watched the plays not happen instead of like they just played yeah. like garbage. They couldn't do anything. This was like they were right there. Yes. Do well, it. and it, exactly to that point, the Devontae Smith fumble was so infuriating because it was after Dallas score they finally get something together they're getting momentum they're driving down the field it's a deep pass to Devontae and he makes the catch and then fumbles the ball and it's like it was one of those things where like I'm sure everybody on their couch because I know my family did like we were sitting here and we're like yeah because you're so hyped that he caught a deep pass and then it just literally sucked everything out of you because then he fumbles it Dallas recovers and it's just like are you kidding me? And that's when, to your point again, it's so frustrating because it's Devontae, like literally the fumbles were Jalen Hurts, Devontae, A.J. Brown. Literally, some of, the, yeah, some of the best skill players in the entire league at their positions. Yep. And it was so uncharacteristic. And for all of them to have it on the same day, I think was really just also gave you that feeling. Like it was just so frustrating because nobody was there to pick each other up. Yep. They were all just going off of it. AJ was having a really frustrating day for me because he was just talking smack to Gilmore. It looked like Gilmore got in his head, whatever he said, right away. As soon oh, as they started. I saw that AJ called Gilmore. He told him he was old and he took it personally. Yeah. Like, hey, if you're not going to back it up, let's just not do that. Just right. Like, so, and that's what he, and we saw that against the 49ers too. Like um, AJ wasn't like, Obviously, A.J. Brown's A.J. Brown. Like, he's going to do something, but he's not being his extreme potential or playing to what we expect of him um, when he's talking like this the last two weeks. And I don't know. It's just like 
obviously he's always talked smack, but I think it's just more apparent because they are losing. Obviously, it makes us focus on it, but like it just seems to me that the last two weeks he's been like trying to talk trash to them, and then somehow they're getting in his head because he's not playing like he should. And it's yeah. frustrating to me because I'm like, AJ, you are so much better than this. Like, just stop everything and just play. Yeah. it And, and that's, yeah, I, I totally agree. It, I mean, when your three best players fumble, like there's, and you you kind of said it perfectly when you when you were saying like everyone got really hype and then he Devontae fumbled and it just like sucked the air out of everything. Yeah. Like, and I feel like that was sort of the story of the Eagles entire game. Like they would do a couple of really games start to build themselves a little bit of momentum. And then that one thing that would, would happen and it just sucked it all out. Like they just could yeah. not everything. And they had different opportunities to try to like use something or get that momentum. And they just, they kept, they, they just kept shooting themselves in the foot and, you know, credit to the Cowboys because the only mistake they really made was Dak Prescott's fumble. That was, you know, the Eagles only touchdown of, of the game. But like, they played a really flawless game other than that. Mm-hmm. Like the Eagles are averaging 1.5 giveaways per game. Like that's not yeah. a recipe to win. Let's so settle just- for field goals instead of touchdowns and turning the ball over at an alarming rate is not a recipe for success. So I have some of these um, quote unquote fun facts because they are quite are fun, Sam, quite not, literally not, not fun. fun, not fun. But so, just to preface them a little bit. So we talked about the um, the drops and the guys that we expect to pick up this team, Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, how it was uncharacteristic for them to do what they did this past game. And so as frustrating as that was, it's not a common reoccurrence, right? So, like, it's frustrating, but it's like, okay, we know what they actually are. Like, we hope that that's out of their system and that we'll see something different coming into this game this week and stuff, and we'll get into that. But these quote-unquote – not fun facts are what is really actually concerning. So the Eagles have now allowed 64 points in the final two minutes before halftime, 64 points this season. It's obviously the most in the NFL and that's from Tim McManus. So at ESPN, so that is absolutely insane. 64 points in the final two minutes. That's where most people are always like, you want to score before the half because that's what gives you momentum coming out, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like the Eagles seem to be like, uh, granted, I hope they don't didn't think like this, but like they always, we knew they were a second half team. They always came out hard. You yeah. hope that they weren't going into that like, ah, whatever, we'll make up for it in the second half. But it almost seems like that from just like 64 points is a lot of freaking points in two minutes. That's a lot of points. <laughs> like yeah. that's, that's a stunning number. Stunning. And they keep getting worse, actually. As I'm looking at this uh, Google Doc we have here, these fun facts get less and less fun as as they continue. Yeah, yeah. so next one. Eagles defense in the last three games is giving up 61% on third down, most in the NFL. I mean, it's 48% and, on the season. Yeah, 48% and that's overall. Also, that's also worst in the NFL, by the way. Yes. But that, in so case, in case that wasn't clear based on the eye test, I was just going to say, so it's, we've known that's been a problem, obviously, just watching this team because they play so well and get so many stops. And then all of a sudden it's just one, one quick screen and they pick up the first down or they beat them deep. You know what I mean? And it's just really frustrating because it's like, 
you get them to the third down and you just can't finish. And even if it's, to, it doesn't matter. Third and two, third and eight, third yeah. and nine, third and 24, they're yeah. converting. It doesn't matter where. Like, there's no such thing as a third and long with this team. Yes. can't seem to get off the field on third down. Yeah, it's just extremely frustrating. But then to see those numbers and just see the confirmation that 48% throughout the season, that's, that's 50-50. Bad. That's, that's really bad. bad. I and actually then, I want to figure out as we keep going through these I want to figure out what the team in the NFL I want to figure out which team has the best like third down percentage uh like lowest third down conversion rate yeah probably I want to see what that is yeah that's a good question it's probably one of the teams we just played Dallas or San Fran I but would we'll yeah see. I guess yeah we'll look into that but then. Eagles, red zone D is giving up touchdowns 92% of the time these last three games. So when the team's in the red zone, 92% of the time they've given up a touchdown. That's insane. And it's also, I mean, it was went viral. You saw like the last, it went out um, the beginning on Sunday, the beginning of the game, like the last like 10 drives resulted in a touchdown or like game yeah. or like the end of a game or something so it's just absolutely insane that 92 percent of the time like that's unheard of right yeah and, and the only I teams mean, that are worse they're are allowing the Panthers. 70%, they're allowing 70 percent on the season as a whole which is 30th in the league yeah i mean i would assume the only ones worse are like the cardinals and the- it's the bears and the panthers okay that makes sense too yeah but and then to wrap it up Eagles first time having back-to-back losses. Well, that, oh, we already said that Jalen Hurts having back-to-back losses since 2021. But so that just goes to prove our point, though. As I said before, we went into that. You know, Jalen. You know, AJ. You know, Devontae. It, they're not gonna come out as those players that we saw last week and the week before. They are truly talented. They'll bounce back. They'll get into the swing again. At least we hope. But. The facts, the not-so-fun facts that we just presented are what's truly concerning, which is this defense. And it just, I don't know, like, how do you change it? Because we just truly, like, seem to not have that talent. Past the line, there's no talent. There's, I mean, Darius the line. Slay, you have Darius Slay. He's just not playing as well as he is. I, I do feel say, bad. Darius Slay, actually, Darius yes. Slay had a fine game on Sunday so that's what I was just going to say he's kind of getting grouped into it because he may not look like he used to but he also isn't you when you break it down he's not getting targeted as much and that's because there's so many holes in the rest of the team why would you go after Darius Slay when you can beat him other ways you know what I mean so Um, I do feel bad for Darius because he's getting ready what the third down conversion percentage yes the number one ranked defense are the Cleveland Browns. They are allowing 28%, 28 28.9% third downs to be converted. And that's the the whole season? At 48. 20% more. We're more than double. That's absurd. That's absurd. That third downs are being converted against the Cleveland Browns 28% of the time and against the Philadelphia Eagles 48% of the time. 
that's an especially because if you would have said this in the beginning of the season, we would have laughed at you. Yeah, totally. Wow. I don't know. And that's the thing. Like, I don't know how you fix it. And the problem is, like, I don't even know. Well, and one thing, too, Jess, that we talk about. So, like, obviously, this defensive line, there's a lot of talent wrapped up into that. And that's by far the the biggest or the best part of our defense. But even them, they're not winning like they normally do on that line. And that's one of the problems that we've seen these past two games that, like, they haven't been dominating on the line of scrimmage. And that's one thing that we've – Say that again? If you get the ball out quick, it doesn't matter. Yeah. We talked about that going into the 49ers game. Like, they had to be a little bit more on top of these receivers, and they had to play physical at the line of scrimmage because if they play physical at the line of scrimmage and they keep them – and and they're able to stay with these receivers and press a little bit for the first between five and seven yards and you force these these quarterbacks to hold the ball a little bit longer, you give your defensive line where you've invested all of your money and all of your draft capital, you give them the opportunity to actually get home and actually make an impact on the play. But if you don't do that and like that might that it, it, I think it comes down to both. I think it comes down to it being a personnel issue that your linebackers certainly aren't good enough and your corners are not playing up to the standard that you would have expected. You, you feel like you can't play them in a press coverage type of type of format, but also it's a coaching issue as well. If you're organizing a defense to not put your guys in the best position for success, then like that's a problem. So I mean, that that's it's it's a very simple. It's exactly what happened to the Eagles. Now, granted, we were dealing with cor- corners that were a little bit worse in that you know 2019, 2020, yeah. like Jim final years uh, type of group when everyone was like ready to bang their head against the wall with how bad the linebackers and the secondary were, and like to an extent, yes, that's true. And the whole thing was like. But this defensive line, they should be getting home. They should be having the sack. They should be doing this, blah, 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 because it's what they did in 2017. And it's roughly the same group of – it was roughly the same group of people. But it's like, okay, but if you're not – if you don't have the back end of the defense to back it up or your defensive philosophy is playing off 15 yards instead of pressing yeah, a little bit, six. what do you think they're going to do? They're going to attack the wide open middle of the field because the mm-hmm. linebackers are trash. And you're not going to be able to – they're going to get the ball out in under two seconds. What do you expect? I was going to say that – and 100%, you're spot on. That is one of the most frustrating parts about this team or this defense, I should say, is the opposing offense. It doesn't matter how much talent the opposing offense has. If they know that they can just do the quick screens every single play, they're going to run down the field on us and just keep inching. It doesn't matter how much talent. You can do a screen with anybody anybody and that's what's so frustrating because a team with quote-unquote so much talent that has just this one hole in that middle of defense that obviously the entire league knows of and every fan knows of at this point but um you just have that one little hole but it's such a big hole because of that like you literally just we could probably get a screen we take a shot but we would get a screen (laughs) you know what i mean like you would get a couple yards in this defense that's for damn sure I don't know if I'd, I don't know if I'd get up after getting hit when I do get hit, but 
Yeah, I'll, I'll catch the ball and get, and get five yards for you on a screen. Yeah. But that's the thing. Like, and here's the thing. Like, obviously, at, you know, we're not defensive coordinators. We don't know. Yeah. We know their job is hard. And we are not sitting here claiming that we think we could possibly do a better job than Sean Desai. I don't think that at all. But it's frustrating when it seems like it's one of those outsmarting yourselves type of situations. And again, like, you know, it's just more, it's a bigger issue if, you know, you're that hamstrung by your personnel. I think that's obviously a big concern. And you and I talked about this. It's like, okay, then how do they fix it? Because, you know, they're they're not going to do any, like Howie Rose Mm -hmm. is going, be the one that's that's orchestrating this and they're not I don't think they just get rid of Sean Desai after a year given how well the defense has played at times and you know I, I it's tough yeah. right like the reason they have those jobs and we don't we just sit here and sit here and talk about it but like you know and and you do have to give the defense its credit in in the areas that it that necessary like they only let up seven points in the second half they yeah I mean the first half was terrible but they really pulled it together and locked it down a little bit in the second half to allow the offense the opportunity to try to get back in that game. And they even contributed a little bit by putting seven, you know, seven points of their own on the board as well. And the offense couldn't do anything to to elevate them and, and get back in the game. The defense played really well. You can't well win if your offense doesn't score a touchdown. Listen, you're absolutely correct. And yeah. the and your three best players fumble and lose said yeah. fumble. Like so I, I think there's a lot of a lot of things there. But the defense, I mean, they they have allowed 30 or more points in the last three games. And that is, yeah. I don't care well, what it is, that is a recipe for, for an L. Yes, I'm with you too. Obviously, right now, I think it's two because, I mean, we still are 10 and three. We've had really bad two games. That doesn't, yeah, that doesn't warrant a fire right on the spot or fire at this end of the season. I think it's too soon to tell, obviously with these, the rest of the season we will have an answer of what we think. And I'm sure the Eagles front office will have a leash and deter or determine that as well. But where you're exactly right though. Like, yes, you, it does suck that there is that hole um, in that defense, but that's Sean Desai's job. You have to get some kind of creativity to make up for that. Like, you know, what you have, you have to get creative and fix that, especially with a team this good. There's no reason to not unless you're an act to. And that's one of the things that um, we will really be able to determine in, by the end of this season. But before we go into this week and go into the break, um, I thought this was interesting. So our fearless leader, Brandon Lee Gowton, tweeted that he's curious as to whether or not the number two seed is the best path for the Eagles. You lose the bye, which is kind of – a non-negotiable for me at this point, just because we are so banged up, at least yeah. in this part of our schedule. Maybe it'll be different down the line. But if you lose the bye, you would get Green Bay or Minnesota in the wild card and then Detroit at home. So you'd get the NFC East, I mean, NFC North for both of those first matchups. But if you are the number one seed, you get the bye, but then you most likely will have to play Dallas. So it's like, what would you rather play the NFC North for two games or get a bye and then go to Dallas for one? Well, so and I, well, I think the question's twofold because it's, would you rather play the NFC North and then Detroit at home and then 
have to go to Dallas or San Fran for the NFC Championship mm-hmm. game? Or would you rather the bye get Dallas at home and then be able to host the NFC Championship game at home? It, I, but, I think I think it's a multi-part question. Like in yes, it is tough because maybe the number, it's maybe the it is the better way. But I don't love the idea of playing an NFC Championship game in anywhere but Lincoln Financial Field. I did see something where their numbers on the road actually aren't bad, but obviously that's probably because they were ten and three. So <laughs> it's probably um, why I'm thinking it. But no, I feel like they haven't played great at home this year, though. Like, you, you're right. Normally, like, obviously, nobody wants to come into Philly. Like, that's, like, always the stereotype. But this year, I feel like it hasn't really mattered. Every time they've been home, it hasn't been one of those knock-your-sock-off performances. Like, I feel like they've been just, eh. Like, it's not – it hasn't made it's a difference to this team. It's not even how they play at home. It's how the other teams play at home versus how they play on the road. Okay. okay. About it. Dallas hasn't lost at home. Like You're right. Two. That's a big piece. And the 49ers play really well at home as well. Like it's 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 how those teams play at home. Yeah, Dallas is now well, after last two. week. After last week they'd be 15 and 0 at home in their last 15 games. Cuz yeah. we were going into that and they were had a 14 game home streak or home win streak. So now it's 15. Yeah. So it's it's more sure. it's it's not it's like yes Eagles fans and the Eagles playing at home is a factor, but it, it it's a combined like, yeah, other teams how they play at home versus on the road as well. I think I think it's a multi part question. Like I I don't think it's a very strict, yeah. it's a it's a given. It's going to be tough either way. Yeah, very know, true. So the pat it's more so of what will get you like choosing between them. I feel like it's more of like a what would get you to the NFC championship, the easier path to that. But it's not so like you shouldn't be worried about the NFC championship. You should be worried about what's going to be the Super Bowl. I get what you're saying. hundred percent. Yeah. Totally. It's, it's again, like, why am I worried about a regular season game against the 49ers when ultimately I'm, you know, I'm worried about the Super Bowl. It's the same thing. Yeah. hundred percent. They're so butthurt about the NFC championship game. This was their Super Bowl. Like, yeah. A hundred percent. And I will say, um, I want to not have this worry going into the postseason. And I'm sure that I'll feel, well, I'm hoping that I'll feel so much better by that point. But after these last two games, it really is just discouraging and obviously disheartening because we know how much this team has to give. And it's just not um, looking like that for some reason. And there is a lot of factors like, yeah, they haven't played their best. They've also had so many games against such a hard schedule in the last so, uh, so much time you know what I mean so there's a lot that goes into it um I'm just hoping they can catch their footing here soon yeah speaking of the Super Bowl before we go into break I have one question to ask you because I would love to get your thoughts on it because I know that you we both are like aside from when they play the Philadelphia Eagles like fans of the Chiefs really like watching Patrick Mahomes play like big Mm -hmm. fans of Andy Reid my question for you is are you losing a level of respect for Patrick Mahomes based on the way that he has been reacting and very hypocritical as it relates to his commentary on the referees based on his, how can you call that in a game like that with all of that on, with the game on the line like that, how do you make that call in that spot? 
Um, I wouldn't say that I'm losing respect, but I will say just like, so I what well, I am still a Patrick Mahomes fan. I think he's very good. I love him. I love Andy Reid. Obviously not last year. I didn't. Um, but no, I am a Patrick Mahomes fan. I will say though that um, I don't think it's respect, but it did make me look at him just a little bit different. Like it humanized him, I'll say, sure. because um, he was a sore loser, obviously. And But I still think that there's a point where I'm like, I understand that. You can't be that competitive and win that many games without loving to win and hating to lose. So I understand why That's he... Cool. But I just mean the comments he made there and then last week when they asked him about not calling the pass interference in favor of the Packers and he goes you know I'm in favor of letting the guys play you can't make a a call yeah. like that in that moment but would his tone have been different because the um the the unnecessary roughness 15 yard penalty that got called on the Packers should not have been called because he was in bounds when he took that hit right at the sticks. And it was a great play to save that first down. Yeah. That was not a penalty. But you don't hear him talking about that. And he didn't say anything about the Super Bowl either. Because if, if we're gonna go with that, then they well, should dude, that's be what, in those rings. That's what made me so mad about it. Well, not mad about it, but I was just like, dude, come on. Because like we lost yes. the biggest game possible. That was a fantastic game and such a close game on such a close nitpicky call like that. So it is frustrating just to be like, you're talking about a regular season game like that when we lost the biggest game on the biggest stage like that. So I, that's where my frustration came out of it. Um, other than that, I don't really care or think about it just because of the fact that like he wants to win. Like he's going to say that stuff because he's getting frustrated because they're not winning. So like, Oh, and I don't I'm, know. I'm all for the competitive nature of it. I just, he is starting to cross over for to me a sore loser that, into that, just not even a sore, that like whiny crybaby threshold. He's starting yeah. every time he gets breathed on the wrong way. He's looking at the refs with his arms up like this. And it's like, but just, is it down. nature versus nurture? Was he originally always like that? Or has the league kind of formed him into that because they put him on that pedestal? No, because we're I, not I seeing until very, now. I so, think that's very yeah. possible because mm -hmm. he benefits from calls like that all the time. You 100%. don't see Jalen Hurts ever acting like that. He's the league's baby. Yeah, no, you would never see Jalen Hurts. Well, and no. I think that's also why we are so sensitive to this, and we're like, "Whoa, bad look, dude," because we know our guy would never do that. You know what I mean? Like, there is nothing. One of my biggest gripes with players in the NBA, and you know this, like, oh yeah, NBA is really bad with it. Oh, it's so bad. Like they're just like, so emotional. Jason like Jason Tatum is such an yeah. unbelievable basketball player. But that dude is so soft and whiny yeah. and cries constantly. I feel like that's away from it for me. It's, it's my just the league nature now. Yeah, dude, like, it's just the, it's the NBA. Anything else. Like, I, play it's the NBA's nature now, though. Like with all the flopping and every – or flop. Did I say flapping or flopping? I meant flopping. You said flopping. <laughs> I okay. I knew what you were yeah, with all that, like, it's just become the NBA's nature, and it's just really annoying to see because you're right. Every every single person, every superstar on every team cries about something in the NBA. But, yeah, it's starting to come over into the NFL. I just need it to not. But I need it to not. All right, we're going to take I a quick like break. It's their fault. We'll actually get up into our 
uh, analysis of the matchup for this week, the unfortunately flexed game to Monday Night Football against the Seattle Seahawks, which I hate every bit of. Um, but we'll be right back. You are listening to the Babes on Broad on BGN Radio. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back into episode 114 of Babes on Broad. So as we teased before the break, we have the Seattle Seahawks at Seattle this week. Um, You got to wonder if the NFL is really regretting that uh, flex into the Monday night spot uh, (laughs) at this point because Seattle is now – Six and seven, they've lost lost the last four games in a row. And, I mean, it was a tough matchup for them. They had the Rams, San Fran, Dallas, San Fran. So very tough um, few weeks for them as well. But they've lost four in a row. Eagles have now lost two in a row. And now they're both playing on Monday night. Obviously, we hate it because it's a Monday night. I'm not a big fan of that. Um, I'd much rather a Sunday 4 o'clock game. But The only tough team that Seattle's really beaten this year because they did have that tough stretch that they just lost all four of um, is Detroit. And that was back in week two. So they have not looked as hot as everybody thought they would this season. The Seahawks, I thought that they were going to be like a sleeper pick out West. And I really expected a lot for him last year. Obviously, Geno Smith was um, comeback player of the year. I was really big. I thought rookie of the year was going to be Smith and Jigba from Ohio state. He was a really big and good wide receiver for them. Um, and he's, he's played well, but he also, I feel like hasn't had that much of a standout year so far. So going into this game, Jess, it's not looking like the Monday night matchup that they wanted. Well, I mean, the Monday night matchup they had initially scheduled wouldn't be much better. The chiefs. Who was it? I don't even remember. Chiefs Patriots. Patriots are trash. Yeah, Bad. you would just get a blowout because the Chiefs are coming out for blood because they've lost. Yeah, what, so I mean, weeks? I don't, I don't even think that would be much better. I just am not in favor of having to stay up so late to do another post game show, but I'll be there, so don't worry. Um, it just <laughs> it's so late. I'm so tired. And I don't blame you. I just even hate staying up to that late. And being able to go to sleep after. Well, it also depends. Okay, so here's my problem. Like with this Sunday night against Dallas, I was yes. so worked up. And I'm mad yes. that I let myself get worked up for how bad they were. Because they didn't deserve my uh they my, didn't deserve my energy. For them. No, but I was so worked up. I couldn't fall asleep until 1.30 in the morning. And I have a newborn. So I fell asleep at 1.30 in the morning. And then she wakes up at like 3 a.m. And I'm like, great, one and a half hours of sleep. But that's where my problem comes in with it. 
I think that's valid. I'm trying to remember. Did Ruby sleep on Sunday or not? I can't remember if she slept well. They all or... blend together. Yeah, she's not been sleep. She's hitting her 18-month sleep regression at the moment, so it's uh, not pleasant around my home. Marla's and, uh, actually sleeping really good, dude. She love that. She had a stuffy nose last night, so she woke up at like 3.30. But the night before, dude, she went to bed. She fell asleep at like 9, and she woke up at 5.30. Queen. She's we eight weeks. She, yeah, she's killing it. Proud of last her. Last night, Ruby actually slept all night last night, but I think it's because my mom was picked her up from school and then brought her home and put her to bed. So, she, and and neither I nor Joe were home when she went to bed. So I think mm. she was like, ah, if I wake up and yell, <laughs> I'm not getting mom or dad. I'm just getting lovey, and I don't want that. So she just slept. It doesn't make a difference. She had no reason to yell. I hear, I I don't even hear, she doesn't cry anymore. She stands up in her crib and just, mama, 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 (laughs) mama, 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 mama. I think I would prefer that though over like the screech crying. Yeah. It's just more like a whine now. It's not like a, like not obviously like newborns, they just cry. But now because Ruby can Mm -hmm. talk a little bit, she just is like, and then she looks at the door. To wait to see if she sees me come in. <laughs> eh, look at the door. At least mama, she's learning how to mama, use her words. Mama. And I'm like, oh my god. Her uh, one word. <laughs> yeah. She says a lot of words, but mama is definitely the most the most frequently used in her yes. her vocabulary. But yeah, so I mean and and here's the thing, like the Eagles have been playing like such trash, but it like kind of is that matchup that they want because now it's like even tighter and both teams yeah. need kind of so thing. So like, I will – And they're in. I, I agree with you 100%. So that is the one thing that I am like – I'm kind of nervous about because I'm just like – I think that the Eagles are the better team, but like Seattle, are they going to lose five in a row? But then I'm also like there's no way a team this good as the Eagles are going to, after the two terrible performances they just had, lose three in a row. And one of those teams be Seattle. You know what I mean? Yeah. I totally know what I mean. And I mean, so, and here's the thing, like, good news is the Seahawks defense is just about as bad as the Eagles defense in terms of, like, yards per game allowed, passing yards per game, um, Mm -hmm. third down conversion rate, you know, not generating turnovers and allowing teams to score in the red zone. The bad news is this Seattle team still managed to score 35 points against Dallas, who, in case anyone has forgotten in the last 10 minutes since we just talked about it, um, the Eagles could not score a single offensive touchdown. But we did say that the Eagles 100% beat themselves because they drove down the field a few times and then turned the ball over. So they had it in them, and they should have put up at least some points. Um, And then also Dallas is coming out a lot harder against the Eagles than they are against Seattle. So I think – so I think so- that there's a little give and take there. Sure. And I guess the other, you know, big thing here is that the quarterback who will be playing for the Seahawks is a little up in the air still. So Geno yeah. Smith missed last week's game against the 49ers after injuring his groin in practice last week. Um, Adam Schefter has reported that this is typically a like a two-week sidelined injury. Um, but Pete Carroll has not yet named a starter for Monday. He basically said, we pushed everything back a day because it's a Monday night game. So um, he's been resting, getting lots of treatment. Today's practice, so it's you know noon on Thursday, 
today's practice is apparently going to be, you know, telling for what they're going to going to get, what they're going to see, if they're going to be able to get Geno Smith back or if they're going to roll with Drew Locke again. Um, basically, Geno could have played, but he wasn't as explosive. So like movement, he okay. wasn't able to sort of plant that leg and push off and have that burst of speed that he usually does, which is obviously a big component for their offense with him in there. Um, Drew Locke you was also- not... Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying, and Drew Locke last week against who'd they play? San Fran, 265 yards, two touchdowns and two interceptions. Um, But the Eagles will be the worst defense that they have faced since their week 10 matchup with the commanders. So, yeah, they had that four game stretch with good teams. Um, But yeah, I don't, um, I feel like Gino will come back because so they do. I just looked it up. They have like an easy last three um, games. They have, well, I guess the Titans aren't easy, easy, but then you have um, Steelers and Cardinals. So I feel like they, because we talked about it, they need this win as much as we do, that he is going to come back for that reason and at least try to play. Yeah. Um, it's probably not what they would prefer. I'm sure they would love to have him sit out another week because they probably were worried that he wasn't as explosive last week against the line like San Fran, which this Eagles defensive line when they're playing well is very similar to that. So it's probably not what they would prefer to have, but I think that they need to do it. So I'm expecting to see Gino, at least to start. Um, but yeah, dude, I... Yeah, we'll see. Our defense, man, it makes me nervous because they do have playmakers on this. Obviously, you have DK, who probably is my biggest worry at this point, just because we can't even seem to make tackles um, on our defense. And DK also, is he not playing Eagles because he thought he was going to be an Eagle. Yes. And he takes it personally every single time he, he plays Eagles. And I mean, if you remember two years ago, right yeah. after the Eagles traded for Darius Slay, he had easily his worst game, like probably top five worst games of his career against the Seattle Seahawks and DK. DK Metcalf yeah. absolutely obliterated Darius. And Slay he said afterwards that he did it on purpose because you're right he is takes it out on us because we didn't draft him and rightfully so he, you know what? he should but I don't disagree I don't either Valid. I wish DK was in the I also too. take it personally that we didn't draft DK Metcalf but hey yeah I'm around but no so that um it's also kind of my keys to the game obviously but that's one of the biggest things I'm worried about is DK really going off because of not only just what he can do talent wise, but just how big he is. And we can't seem to make a tackle. Like if you do not tackle this man properly, you are going to bounce off of him and he's just going to keep going. (laughs) It's so ridiculous. All right. So you kind of hinted at it. So what are the rest of your keys to success here for the Eagles to get out of here with a win? So dude, it's really just simple. Like they need to just clean up. I'm, it's, I shouldn't say simple because they need to clean up a lot. Um, but it's the obvious things that they need to clean up that I think if they do clean up, they'll be able to win this game. So obviously you have to get the stop on third down. You have to make tackles. You have to win at the line of scrimmage. That's for both sides. And then off, on offense, they need to hold on to the ball, which I think they will. Um, you, they need to make plays coming out from the start of this game. Um, they have to call a good game. That's for both sides. So there's a lot of things that need fixed, but it's like the obvious things that we've been saying these last two weeks that they know that they need to fix. Um, and I just want to see improvement for that. So, um, yeah, I 
I think the Eagles, I mean, I'm still just optimistic because I'm hoping that any week they're going to snap out of this. But I think that the Eagles are the better team if they play how they should be playing. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, what I said, you got to get the stops on third down. You got to make tackles, win at the line, um, call a good game, and offense needs to just come out and do their thing. Like, it's I, it's actually really hard to explain now that I'm saying it out loud because there's a lot that they need to fix, but it's like the obvious things. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, hey, just do what you're capable of and we won't yes, have – exactly. Um, I mean, I think it's it's interesting. I mean, the Eagles – so here, here's a fun fact. The Eagles have lost seven straight games to the Seattle Seahawks. Oh, yeah, I did see that. They said it at the end of Sunday Night Football. They have not beat the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, they have not beat the Seattle Seahawks since 2008. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Do you know who the starting quarterback was for that game? In 2008 for us? Yeah, Donovan McNabb was still the starter the last time. I was going to say, was it still McNabb? It was still McNabb. Donovan McNabb was still the starter the last time that the Eagles beat the Seattle Seahawks. And that probably means that we still had Andy Reid. Yes. Yeah, you are correct, ma'am. Um, yeah, I just I I'm I'm with you. Like, I would have been like 13 years old. <laughs> yep. Wow. I uh, yeah I. Damn. Jeez, I just now. I'm with you on everything. Like, yeah. So the self-inflicted issues, like mm-hmm. stop false starting. Make sure you line up on sides during a brotherly shove. Hold on to yeah. the football tackle properly get off the field on third down like I feel like these things are all very obvious we didn't even mention that you're right just like along with them beating themselves with like all the ways that we've talked about but even Jason Kelsey's making dumb mistakes it's just so uncharacteristic of this team right now it's just weird well, actually, I don't know if you had the chance to listen to New Heights yet today because it just came out this morning. But I did not the, today. The league said for the offsides on the offense on the brotherly shove, it was not on Jason Kelsey's hand, where it has been the last couple of times. Mm-hmm. It said it was on Landon's helmet. Landon's helmet was beyond the ball. Jeez. So, they just have to. They 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 have to be like. It's yeah, it's nitpicky, and it's also for some. They're looking for a reason to call something. I was just going to say, it's what happens when you're one of the best teams. You draw those eyes to you, and they're going to get nitpicky. You got to be better. And like, here's the thing: like, I thought the officials were just like bad across the board, like both sides. Like, I thought it was just like a they were doing too much to make themselves Mm -hmm. relevant in that game collectively on Sunday as a whole. Um, but I, yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it was a home job for the Cowboys by any stretch. I think it was pretty consistently bad. Um, like the PI call on Darius Slay was not, not, (laughs) not it. (laughs) Like, but I, I don't, I mean, obviously like that play doesn't change the fact that the Eagles couldn't friggin' score a touchdown, but like, I, I definitely just think a lot of what the Eagles are doing is like they're beating themselves as we talked about in the first half of the show, like they're stopping their own momentum. They're, they're doing these things to themselves. Like no one is doing this to them. Um, 
I agree. And like, while I recognize like the Cowboys on a, I think it was, I don't remember if it was AJ Brown's fumble or Devontae says one of them, it was, I mean, it was a really good play to come from behind and punch the ball out. Like it, it was a great play, but I also need like Devontae Smith is so sure-handed. AJ Brown is stronger than most other men on that field. Like your hands are stronger than everybody else's. Mm-hmm. Hold on to the ball tighter. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to tell you. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just really frustrating. And I do hope that collectively they, you know, like, I don't know, they didn't utilize the screen game much last week. And they, with their linemen, they are, they do have a really strong screen game. J- Jalen Hurts didn't even attempt to pass to anybody that wasn't Dallas Goddard, Devontae Smith, or A.J. Brown. I don't know. It's just like I, a lot of things, the lack of creativity, all of the things are really starting to to come to light a little bit. Um, and I just, I, I need them to, I need them to I want to read this tweet too, because Please. it actually made, it gave me some, um, some humor in a downtime during the game last year, but I mean, last year, uh, last week. And it it's like at, last year, my God. yeah, at Eddie Anastasia, he goes, I give uh, Brian Johnson credit for establishing the run with seven minutes to go down 17. <laughs> obviously sarcasm there but it's true like it's one of the things we it was a joke going into it that there was somebody outside the stadium saying run the ball and they acknowledged that and supposedly knew what they were saying and we didn't see it again and then exactly what that guy was joking about you saw it late in the game you started seeing swift and you're like oh there he is he is here he did make the trip to dallas so it's just like stuff like that it's like come on like it's just one of those we what was it back in like 2019 Dougie P's last season where we just kept saying the same things over and over and it's the obvious it's just like come on like get it together like they're just overthinking it this team's way too talented overall to play as bad as they did the last two weeks and that's one of my things it it is nerve-wracking this week going into it just because you do see like Seattle's lost four games in a row they can't lose a fifth um Eagles haven't beaten Seattle since 2008. You see their performances, how bad they've been recently. So it is worrisome. Like you can't, by no means is this like a definite going to win kind of game. Like they can't, they have to go into this like wanting to win. But um, the thing that does give me reassurance is I know this team's a lot better than than they've been playing the last two weeks. And they quite literally need this win. So, um, that's what's giving me the hope going into this. They are the better team. They just need to play like it now. Yeah, I'm totally with you. They just need to they need to get their ish together. They yeah. just need to pull together. And like they're doing it to themselves. I like Exactly. With that being said, I do think that the Eagles offense is going to come out and have that vengeance and that gut because they look so bad and it wasn't even the other team that made them look so bad. They just made themselves look bad last week. So I think they are going to come out and and against against this defense that we said is quite literally like ours. Um, so I think they're going to put up a lot of points this week. I don't know if I have as much uh, faith in our defense for turning around because uh, Seattle does have weapons no matter who's at quarterback. They still have Lockett. They still have DK. They have Smith and Jigba. So they're going to also put up points. Um, I'm going to say 35-28 Eagles. What is the weather supposed to do in Seattle on Sunday? Do you have any idea? Probably rain. (laughs) If I had to put money on it. Seattle weather. 10 day. Let's see. Oh, they play Monday. 
don't they? Yes. I was looking at Sunday. Sun- I was say Sunday looks beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Joke's on me because they flexed this freaking game. Oh, look, rain. Nine degrees? What? Oh, sweet Jesus. My phone does not say that. In Seattle on Monday, it says a low of 41 and a high of 48. What am I looking at? 10-day Seattle, Washington. So we're getting – I mean, it does say that there's 56% chance of rain, but I don't know. I can't see what time of day it is. What are you what, um, what are you looking Are you looking on your phone? I'm looking on – yeah. So we'll see. Um, I don't <laughs> – Obviously – So it's going to rain. There's going to be rain again. Yeah. Obviously, um, yeah – nine degrees and 50 degrees is a pretty big separation there so maybe neither nine degrees i don't know what is going on here oh it's in celsius that's why who put it in celsius on the weather channel (laughs) like who did that on google i was like there's like that doesn't meteorologists never know okay no but still rainy but 50 degrees is better it's like nine degrees that can't be possible it's, there's no way. Um, um, so honestly, at to our point, this would be one time probably that if it does rain and takes away the pass game, it would benefit us. But that's the thing. It doesn't take away the pass game. The Eagles still go for it. Like the yeah, Eagles right. don't let the weather change what they do. Well, and it's, it's kind of infuriating. Which is kind of infuriating because it makes it seem almost like they are maybe overthinking it and being so stubborn. So it's overthinking and stubbornness that they create this game plan throughout the week based off of all this overthinking and all this analytical and studying stuff. And then they just refuse to switch it. And it's also concerning because it's like, are you not, do you not trust yourself to be able to go on the spot? You know what I mean? I don't know know what it is, man. I don't know. I'm, What's your score? Yeah, just they got us down. Who would have thought that we would be this down on a 10 and 3 team? They just looked really bad the last two weeks. Yeah, and that's what it is. It's not, it's like, it's because they've played so horribly. Yeah. It's so hard. Like, obviously, they're 10 and 3. The sky is not falling. Like, they win a game and they're in. Yeah. Right. You know, it's, but because they've played so poorly and they've just like it's been so concerning to watch them, I think that's the as you can see, I've like sunk lower and lower back here as we've been recording this. Like I just it's tough. I don't think I and usually I'm the one that's like, yeah, they're gonna score 40. Yeah. And I just I don't feel like I feel more of like a 26, 22. Like I think Okay, gonna, I like that actually. I don't think they're yeah. gonna lose straight, but so Jess, I will say, I think that's also what made last week hurt so bad and made me so mad was just because they played so bad the week prior. You were like, they're going to snap out of it. This isn't who they are. And then last week, seeing it even worse than they were the week before, it's like, that's when it became concerning and made makes me at least really mad because it's like, this team is so much better than this. And they're usually so mentally strong for that yeah. stuff. And to see them... Like, everybody thought that they would see that and get motivated and be like, that's not us. We have to live up to the standard, like they always say. And then to just see them come out and obviously go against what they always say, it's like, come on. And that's what made it so infuriating. Totally. And like, and even, yeah, you see some of their post game 
conferences, like press conferences. And granted, they're probably saying different stuff in the locker room to oh, hype yeah. each other up. But they all came out just so mild mannered to me in the yeah. post game. Like nobody was mad. And I understand, like, I don't know. And it may, somebody said even they were like, oh, like we don't call each other out. We just lift each other up, blah, blah, blah. And like in my head, I'm like, yeah, in person, don't, or like to the media, don't call each other out. But when you go into that locker room, call each other the F out. Like put, like that on that person they need to you have to do something to wake each other up yeah at this point we talked about it against the 49ers like we were angry to a point and then it eventually it just like got so out of hand it was kind of just like we got our ass kicked all right Mm -hmm. let's wrap this one up and move on but they the fact that they allowed like they were the reason they lost on against the cowboys like that's what makes it so infuriating yeah and they just need to get all the things went wrong at the same time, and they just – that didn't happen a lot last year, and it's tough. Mm-hmm. But it's also because, like, you know, we have now grown accustomed to – like, we expect so much better of them, and I think they expect better of themselves. And 100%. Hopefully they come out this week and get back on track. Needs to. They have to. They have to, but we're going to wrap up from there. So thank you for listening to episode 114 of Babes on Broad. As always, thank you to SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation for hosting our show. Make sure you're subscribed um, everywhere you get your podcast. You can find us. There's plenty of Bleeding Green content coming out throughout the weeks, especially when they lose. It gets even <laughs> even better with, with the content we've got going on. Um, but we will be back next week following, hopefully, a win to the Seattle Seahawks and the Eagles, as we said, hopefully getting everything back on track. But until then, go birds, and we will talk to you next week. What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.